All right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sports Cast. Real talk, real fans. We bring you Michigan football each and every week. I am Caleb, and usually with me is Craig. But unfortunately, uh, maybe if you missed the playoff episode that also came out, I have the unfortunate news of announcing that he will not be recording with this preview episode this week because he is having issues again with his shoulder that he had surgery on. So he's just in uh, pain, discomfort. He said that he was not going to be himself, which is unfortunate. I know that he always has a lot to say, and it's great to be able to have uh, him to bounce things off of and us to go back and forth. But uh, that is his situation, so thoughts and prayers out to him for speedy recovery. And I know that he was planning on being at this game, so hopefully that works out for him as well. I'll be working on it. No guarantee as of yet if I will be there, but I'm hoping to and, uh, you know, be there for the last home game and see how things go. A lot of things kind of changing um, that we will be seeing differently maybe with the team. So we will be watching how that goes. But uh, before jumping uh, into the episode and everything, um, just a little forewarning. Craig's not here and I'm still running off of little sleep. I don't know if you heard in last episode, but I had a long work week, and it's chaos time for me uh, at work, and this is our busy time of the year, and so it's always great having two people because if uh, for this podcast, for the sportscast, because if one kind of drops the ball with grabbing some stats, the other one can usually pick it up, and Craig has been great with that being uh, the counterpart for me with uh, stats and information. So me being solo, I... I've thrown together a lot of uh, everything that I can, and we're rolling with it. Not making excuses, just giving you the heads up that we're rolling with what we got, and we're going to do what we can do and see where it leads us. So uh, stick around. We're going to be getting into the game talk next. All right. Well, I will say that it's going to be interesting to see something for the very several things for the very first time in this game, as uh, Michigan is having uh, you know the senior night or senior night, sorry, seniors game uh, because it's the last home game of the season, and is the first time of the season that Michigan has to respond after losing a game. Wow. Sorry about that drinking a lot of coffee because I'm trying to stay awake. So we have to see how Michigan responds from losing a game. I know that uh, Craig and I were eh, brutally honest after the last game, uh, sharing a lot of uh, unfortunate stats and thoughts and perspectives on the game. I still believe that this team can win every single game that they have uh, coming out of this, but uh, they also have shown that they have the potential to lose pretty much any game. Uh, Indiana is no team to mess around with. Uh, need to stay focused on uh, because they have the potential to uh, throw some upsets in there. Their defense is better than they have been for a while. But uh, Michigan can show everybody what they're made of uh, in response to their loss. I know that we were looking at and kind of hoping for an undefeated season, and I'm always for that. Uh, it's a unique situation with this year. I mean, we're really fortunate to be seeing such a quick turnaround with what Harbaugh and his staff have done with the team. And so I don't want to say that we're getting, uh, well, we are getting spoiled, and I don't want to say that we're not um, 
uh, fortunate. We're not grateful and everything for that. But then uh, you also look at uh, some uh, having the realistic perspective with things. Uh, so uh, it's maybe good for the team that they had the loss. I know everybody would be like, well, maybe it would have been better if we lost Ohio State because they're ranked. But, I mean, personally, I mean, I can imagine that almost everyone would say, hey, heck, if we can beat Michigan State and Ohio State, uh, we'll go ahead and take a loss to Iowa. That's probably more the boat that I'm sitting in. I would much rather see us be able to beat both those teams. Uh, but we'll talk about more of that later. So uh, with this loss, I mean, it, it – it teaches you some or should teach you some. So hopefully the team um, uh, takes a long, hard look at that game and uh, what was done. Also the coaches as well, because we brought those things up last week and we will see how they respond. It's good for them to be home for several reasons. Uh, They play better at home in my opinion. And also they will most likely be playing O'Corn at quarterback. I say that, and I do have to say I don't have all the uh, – I'll be forward and say I do not have all the information. I know a lot has been going back and forth. And I'm not going to report, like officially, air quotes here, report uh, what the situation is just because it's been so back and forth. But he definitely was injured last game. Uh, there's that much. And it was rough. He was not playing at 100%. Uh, People have been saying that they've seen him around campus and he looks okay. Uh, There was the rumor of a broken collarbone. There was the rumor of him being out for the rest of the season slash maybe regular season. So I'm not going to really say that anything's official because I can't because I don't know. Uh, But my anticipation is that O'Korn will be playing against Indiana. Um, Even if Spate is not as bad off as he was, um, I can imagine that they will want him to rest, and maybe depending on how well O'Corn does, maybe they would just go ahead and use him for Ohio State, even if Spate is close to 100%, or uh, then maybe if uh, Spate is ready by the time Ohio State rolls around, maybe they would just put him back in the game. So we'll see. I think it will be interesting to see him actually be with the uh, first team Um and see what production he can do. Uh, A lot of people have been kind of rooting for him, wanting to see him on the field instead of Spate. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I think they're both great. I mean, with everything that was reported, it was a tight battle, and I do think that the coaches are very knowledgeable in the quarterback situation, considering we have Harbaugh. So I trusted their decision in getting uh, Spate. Uh, The starting position at quarterback so O'Corn I mean hopefully he's right behind him but he does bring that added element of being a more mobile quarterback so we will have to see how that goes uh, and how much he will use it that that's actually a kind of a blessing and a curse because the thing that I said ever since I start have been watching him since he's been at Michigan with uh, anything seeing him with practice or seeing him with the spring game especially and uh, other things like that is I worry that sometimes he defaults to scrambling rather than the patience to allow someone to get open. Uh, Primarily that I'm getting from um, the spring game. But then frequently you will see him in a game and it's almost, like I said, uh, default for him. It's just like, okay, nothing, go. Let's run. Um, 
but he has a better capable uh he's more capable of doing that than spate was so it'll be interesting to see i hope that he has uh more patience and uh we'll kind of see how his production goes so uh let me actually see since bringing that up i do want to check uh where he's sitting at right now uh he's played in seven games i yep um seven games so he's had uh 18 attempts and 13 completions so he's sitting at 72 percent uh obviously uh that's a pretty good number but not a lot of passes there he's only got 100 114 passing yards averaging just over six yards an attempt he does have two touchdowns and um so those are the stats that he currently has. Uh, we also do have uh, Shane Morse, our QB. He's been in there every once in a while with uh, some of the uh, trick plays or non-traditional plays, I guess you would say. So uh, those are the stats for John O'Corn uh, coming into uh, this game against Indiana. So we will have to see how he does. Uh, some things with... The stats between the two teams, we always do a number crunch here for you guys. Uh, points per game uh, after the low-scoring affair from last week, Michigan has dropped to scoring 44.5 points a game and allowing their opponents to score only 11 points per game on average. And Indiana is only chalking up 27.5 points while allowing opponents to score 28 uh over 28 points so the uh hoosiers are sitting at five and five uh looking at their schedule they've had uh understandable losses they lost to ohio state nebraska and penn state that's not too surprising there uh they also however lost to wake forest by five and they lost to northwestern by 10 so maybe a little inconsistent there. Uh, they've had some decent good games. Uh, they impressed everybody when they wound up beating uh, Michigan State, which wound up being that Michigan State was worse than most people expected. They then went on a three-game losing streak to Ohio State, Nebraska, and Northwestern. And they the surprising one for me was that they beat Maryland because uh, Maryland's a tough opponent this year. And then, uh, of course, they did wind up beating Rutgers, and then they lost to Penn State last week, which um, they almost, they were close, and they kept things close there kind of till the end, and then uh, Penn State pulled away. So they kind of, uh, they they almost pulled the upset. So they might be pretty hungry coming into this game and hoping for the opportunity to do, the, do that to Michigan, uh, unlike they were able to against Penn State. But uh, the game that they had against Rutgers was a close game. Uh, game of 33 to 27 so it just shows that indiana their defense has been looking better but they do have uh some inconsistencies now surprisingly enough with their record where they're sitting at their conference record is three and four and that actually puts them because of the poor performances at the bottom of the division they are in fourth place uh well okay i guess you would even say that they're tied for uh no they're fourth place what am i doing messing up that's what i'm doing so yeah they're fourth place because they're behind uh michigan ohio state penn state are all six and one in conference and then the next one in the east is indiana at three and four so 
That is uh, interesting to see them hanging around there because then they're ahead of Maryland, Michigan State, and Rutgers. So uh, going back then and looking at some of the numbers, um, rushing yards for Michigan, uh, 2,300, just over 2,300 and they have 37 touchdowns. And then looking at the rushing stats for Indiana, they only have 1,600 rushing yards and 14 touchdowns. So they are not showing a lot on the rushing front and not a whole lot on the passing front. Uh, They have... Sorry, I need to compare. They do have quite a few passing yards, but for their passing yards compared to touchdowns, it's not as impressive. Uh, Of course, we were shown that they weren't scoring a lot of points. Michigan has 2,300 passing yards with uh, 17 touchdowns, and Indiana is over 3,000 passing yards, but they only have 18 touchdowns. So while they're putting up the yards, they're not quite able to get the touchdowns from them. So more of a passing team than a rushing team this year for them. They've had some, uh, I can't remember his name, but I believe their top player last year was a uh, running back who's, I want to say with the Chicago Bears, but that's kind of beside the point. So uh, those numbers there for them. Third down conversion uh, we know has been very uh, very favorable for Michigan. Because uh, they are sitting at converting 46% of third downs and only letting 19% being converted by their opponents. Uh, then for Indiana, they are uh, pretty decent at converting uh, 39%, but then they are allowing 31% by their opponents um, there in those numbers. So, uh, and they're the another number working against the Hoosiers in this is that uh, 67% uh, for the red zone efficiency, but they are actually 88% in allowing their opponents uh, to score when they're in the red zone. So, and uh, looks like they have had some PAT kicking issues because they've actually missed two so far this year. So, that is. Uh, something to take note of and something to mention and kind of going back to last year. And I feel like that this is the mentality of Indiana, especially when it gets later in the season, because they know that they're, um, I mean, Indiana has never been known for it to be a football school. So not to say that they would never be competing for, uh, going to the big 10 title game or anything, but that, that would be quite a far stretch, but you know, it gets to the point where it's just like, you know, we can do practically anything we want because it's not going to hurt us anymore. Cause they're going to come into this game and they're projected to lose it. I wound up losing it and I'll have to pull it up, but they are Michigan is favored by, I believe more than three touchdowns. So I will have to look that up. So, I mean, they're, Odds are against them. Odds were against Iowa, but odds are against them. So they can go in there. They can lay everything on the line. They could pull all the trick plays out. They could run all the fake punts, all the fake field goals, all the inside kicks uh, that they want. And really probably nobody could blame them because they are the underdog in this game. And really... If they lose, uh, whether it's close or by a long shot, it doesn't have that much of an impact 
uh, on them because, yes, Michigan is a 24-point favorite for this game. So three touchdowns and a field goal. So, but uh, like we said, Indiana is showing a little bit better of a defense. Usually the way that Indiana was doing things was that they would get into shootout, and that's how they would compete with people because I believe that they had close games last year, not only with us uh, against Michigan, but also against Ohio State and Michigan State. And that's what they would do. They they couldn't stop you, but they also knew how to break you down and you couldn't stop them. Uh, now this year more they are getting uh, involved defensively and able to stop teams. So we will uh, kind of see how that shakes down with that. But um, looking at some more of the stats here, uh, always uh, kind of impressive for the Michigan defense, uh, one of the best, if not the best defenses in the country, even though there was the relatively poor performance last week of uh, allowing Iowa to run right through them to a certain extent. Uh, tackles for loss. Michigan comes in with uh, boasting 89 tackles for loss, and their opponents that they're facing are only bringing uh, 58. But then Indiana is a little bit more uh, impressive as their uh, accomplishing 70 tackles for loss and their opponents are um, only bringing in 67 tackles for loss so uh, Indiana higher there than uh, some of the opponents definitely that Michigan has seen so like I was saying their defense has been more impressive some of the names that you'll be seeing on defense and probably hearing about are uh, I'm not going to attempt the first name Scales and uh, Marcus Oliver um have been very productive with uh, tackles for loss. Both uh, junior linebackers for there, and then uh, some pr- productive defensive linemen. Uh, quite a f- bit of uh, experience on the defense. Uh, juniors and seniors, a few sophomores and freshmen uh, sprinkled in there, but you see a lot of juniors and seniors um, with those stats. And then uh, getting into sacks. You'll see actually Scales and Oliver again uh, near the top of that list. Scales coming in at the uh, top with four tackles, and then uh, Sykes is right behind him with four uh, um, uh, sacks. I'm sorry, not tackles, sacks, and Oliver with three. Uh, Actually boasting quite a few uh, sack yards on those then because you're looking at 29, 27, 40 total sack yards for them. To look at the uh, other side, the other perspective of things for Michigan for sacks, um, you've got Taco Charlton with five and a half sacks, Warmly with four and a half sacks, and Winovich with four and a half sacks with our experienced defensive linemen there. And uh, them posting uh, pretty good numbers there with 27, 30, and 27 sack yards. And right behind them is our linebacker, the ever-impressive uh, the ever amazing Jabril Peppers, always bringing his A game, and uh, the junior linebacker with three and a half sacks, uh, but then the most sack yards bringing in 36. So uh, some defense uh, comparisons there on the defensive stats. So actually, I am kind of interested to see where these two. Uh, 
compare on the defensive list. The defensive uh, list I'm looking at has uh, Michigan ranked as the number one defense currently and see if I can find where Indiana is ranked. It's kind of a long list, so do I waste my time trying to find it? Pretty sure I missed it. I might go back and look at that because it would be interesting to see exactly where Indiana lands with that, even though they are allowing their uh, opponents to score more than they are. I said I was going to quit, but I am not giving up just yet. And that doesn't even make sense because I'm not finding it. Okay. Oh, there they are, 55. 55, and if I'm not mistaken, I think that is higher than Iowa was the week leading to the Michigan-Iowa game. Because, yes, I'm pretty sure Iowa was the 62nd-ranked defense uh, the week leading into the Michigan game, and so Indiana is sitting here at the 55th. So quite a drastic difference, but Indiana has had some production, and uh, we saw what a unranked Iowa defense was able to do against Michigan, so we'll kind of have to watch that moving forward. So uh, to go into more of the breakdown with numbers here, because I do have time because I'm not bantering back and forth with Craig, I am able to give you guys more stats this week. So... Uh, rushing, they have a junior running back who has the most production for them. Hasn't broken 1,000 yards quite yet. He is over 900, averaging uh, just under five yards a carry. He's got five touchdowns. Uh, so that's their junior running back, Redding. And then they, after that, their most productive running back is a freshman running back, 220 yards only. So you see that drastic drop-off from 900 yards to 220 uh, and then he's averaging just under four yards per carry and two touchdowns. So Redding, their main running back, you're going to see him featured quite a bit. And then Tyler Nadi, Nadi, N-A-T-E-E. I should probably just stop and quit while I'm ahead with names. Uh, but there are their running backs. So uh, on the receiving side, they do have uh, several receivers with uh, decent numbers. Westbrook is their sophomore wide receiver, and he comes in with just under 800 yards. Uh, his average is actually 18 yards per catch, uh, five touchdowns. And then you have Ricky Jones, senior wide receiver, with 713. So you've got two receivers over 700 yards. And then uh, Mitchell Page uh, comes in at third at 500, and then you are just over 500, and then you have a steep drop off after that. So um, those are some of the names that you're going to be hearing. Uh, well, I don't think so much with touchdowns, uh, just when we get to the prediction of my score, but uh, you'll be hearing them with uh, getting probably some receptions because they are more of a pass heavy team. So. Um, as far as their quarterback situation goes, they have, um, Richard Lagow, 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 
I've watched some of the uh, their tape, and actually, I have to be honest, I'm blanking on how you pronounce that name. But their quarterback, junior quarterback, has a completion percentage of 61%. Uh, he is posted 2,866 yards, 17 touchdowns, two 13 interceptions. Snap. So, yeah, we will be seeing what our secondary can do against uh, him because he appears to be a bit of a turnover machine. So um, I just realized I overlooked that stat earlier. So that is something that our defense should be able to capitalize on as we hope to see them bounce back after last week's loss. So, yes, um, 17 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. Uh, with a completion percentage of 61. So something that our defense can capitalize on, and we will be watching that moving forward. So um, as far as we've shared a lot of Michigan stats, uh, the rushing leader kind of goes back and forth. Uh, Right now uh, it's between Smith and Evans. Uh, They're both over 500 yards, and Smith is right there about to break over 600 yards. Uh, but he's the workhorse who's bringing in eight total touchdowns. And uh, we'll see kind of how it goes. The running situ- uh, the rushing situation was kind of weird last week. Um, they, you saw Ty Isaac get the touchdown, but then I don't even remember seeing him get any carries after that. And you saw quite a bit of Smith. You saw some production by Evans, but then they didn't use him a whole lot, and I didn't see Higdon much except for maybe some pitches and things like that. So um, just really kind of interesting how they approached things last week. So I'll be interested to see if they try taking more of a – I anticipate that they're going to try to keep it relatively even. They might do a little bit of an emphasis on the passing game this week just because – as I anticipate, uh, it will probably be O'Corn at the quarterback for at least this week. So they'll probably want to get him as much experience as they can if they have to keep uh, using him moving forward. So I think they'll try to keep it relatively balanced, maybe a little bit more emphasis on the passing game and see how he can do with that. Uh, so that might be kind of some interesting questions to have moving forward with uh, the lock and dump it segment coming up which I know usually I include Craig and kind of send him things ahead of time and he'll answer me uh, and give me thoughts that I can share with him because actually I don't even have a score prediction from him, unfortunately. But uh, but we're still going to do Lock It or Dump It and then I'll share information and we'll have it on the Facebook group and we'll have it on Twitter and uh, share our thoughts and everything through that. So. It'll be interesting to compare what thoughts will be on the passing game and the rushing game. Uh, as far as, so those were some of the rushing stats, receiving stats for Michigan, where we're sitting at uh, right now. Our three leading receivers have uh, not changed, of course. Uh, Darbo with the commanding lead with over 700 yards. And Butt and Chesson kind of going back and forth because uh, 460 and 446. So they are neck and neck but the most uh, touchdowns are coming from uh, Darbo. So it will be kind of interesting to see if O'Corn, because we saw last year Rudock favored Chesson 
um, and everybody was saying how Chesson was the best receiver, and he, he showed that last year. But there, you can't overlook the um, the chemistry and uh, the connection between quarterback and receiver because it looks like Rudock just worked better with Chesson, and they were on the same page more. And this year, it looks like Spate and Darbo. So who knows kind of where or O'Corn might take it. So, I mean, maybe he'll... Uh, have more focus with Jake Butt, or uh, maybe you'll see Grant Perry get uh, a little bit more involved. Who knows? But uh, he definitely does have his choice and weapons there with the receivers. So seeing how that moves uh, going forward. And uh, we, I don't want to get into talk too much a lot about last week, but I really was surprised at the minimal involvement of uh, Peppers, and I think other people were as well uh, offensively, because Michigan had their backs against the wall. Even though they had a lead after that safety happened, uh, Iowa got right into the thick of things, and Michigan had their backs against the wall. And honestly, I felt that they should throw more stuff at Iowa, change things up, try to use more creativity and catch them off guard and maybe use peppers more. I know it's difficult for him playing both sides of the ball, but uh, sometimes just take a chance with it. And not a lot was thrown at them, uh, kind of in my opinion. So I don't think you're going to see as much with Indiana. Still doing punt returns and things like that. And I imagine he'll be in on offense, but I don't think it will be too much. Um, for peppers on that side of the ball, but we'll see moving forward. Um, I think with looking at this, uh, obviously I was talking about how the strength of Indiana is the passing game while at the same time, it can be their Achilles heel because their quarterback is not throwing well, having 17 touchdowns and then 13 interceptions. So for Michigan in this game, you've really got to see some changes from last week. Last week was Michigan's worst game of the year. It doesn't matter that it was a loss. It was just performance on all sides. Iowa was uh, wanting it more. They were hitting hard. Uh, well, I don't want to use the term hitting harder, but they were definitely tackling better, and they were on top of it. They were shutting down gaps. They were commanding the line of scrimmage, and um, they their players, I don't know if you want to say they just wanted it more, we want to see that for Michigan this week, like I said, in their response to that. Are they going to bounce back? Uh, it's maybe going to be a little deceiving at home because, like I've usually mentioned, they always seem to play better at home. But uh, you want to see those performances. You want to see those players step up. And uh, I said it on social media, this is O'Corn's time to shine. I am uh, quite certain I know that they're still – throwing things out there that maybe it'll be a game day decision, but I think that decision has really kind of already been made that our corn will be starting quarterback. And so it'd be great to see him uh, have his time to shine. And um, I mentioned too, for just a hot take for a bold prediction, uh, seeing O'Corn come in, uh, being the backup, take spade spot, beat Indiana, beat Ohio State and then wind up facing Wisconsin in the Big Ten title and beating them as well, then that would wind up being that in the same year uh, Wisconsin would have been beat by Michigan by two different quarterbacks. So just kind of an interesting thing. But uh, 
kind of see how that rolls out uh, over the next few games. So I think that I think that Michigan will be able to capitalize. I want to say the most with the rushing game. I'm kind of looking at different things on um, on the stats here and trying to figure out if on offense Michigan would capitalize more rushing or passing. Um, Indiana has allowed 15 rush touchdowns compared to 15 passing touchdowns. Uh, it's probably going to be more production on the rushing side of things. Um, uh, we've have great numbers there and it'd be good to get them back on track after that poor performance last week. Um, and so since O'Corn's going to be coming in, uh, who knows, maybe he's going to light things up in the passing game and maybe that, uh, could take over maybe be the strong suit. Cause it's been, uh, it seems pretty balanced. I know that our numbers emphasize the rushing game more, but most of the games seem pretty balanced, uh, leading into this. So, uh, I personally would love to see it if uh, the passing game could kind of explode because that would maybe create more opportunity for the rushing game, and we do have our slew of rushing back uh, running backs who could uh, maybe uh, break it into the open and take it to the house. So I would uh, I would love if the passing game could really flourish under O'Corn, and we will see what happens with that this Saturday. So, strength for Indiana, passing game, weakness of Indiana, passing game because of their quarterback, or weakness, I guess you would say quarterback. Uh, strength for Michigan, I would probably have to say with defense, uh, still banking on that defense, uh, does really well, does excellent at home. So, we want to see that more. We want to see them turn things around, better tackling, more on top of things, shut them down. I would love to see them come out and uh, – make a statement and just uh, give Indiana the donut and send them packing home and uh, get even more excited and pumped for the game after that then. But, of course, focusing on the game at hand. Uh, so I think the defense will step up. I think that's Michigan's strong suit, and uh, maybe that will give uh, enough relief to the offense that will be able to uh, give O'Corn the practice and production that he needs to. So... Yeah, that is a lot of information with that. Craig, what are your thoughts? Oh, no, no, just kidding. Sorry, Craig, little joke there. So sorry that you're having to listen to this instead of uh, participate this time. But um, uh, to go ahead and talk into the games for the weekend, I have lost my list of what the game of the weekend was going to be. Uh, we originally, uh, this is why I know what it was. Uh, it was originally going to be the Ohio State-Michigan State game, which uh, I guess apparently that might be it uh, because there's not a whole lot else happening here because if I'm looking at the rankings, where's, yeah, Minnesota Northwest. Well, I guess they both are 4-3, and three, so depending on how things happen, maybe Minnesota Northwestern is a little bit more important because – the winner of that, if they win their next couple of games, I'm not sure who plays last. I know I'm pretty sure Nebraska Iowa play. 
I'll look that up. Yeah, Nebraska, Iowa play next week, and Minnesota plays Wisconsin. Ooh, that could be interesting. So if Minnesota play wins this weekend and somehow something crazy happens and they go and beat Wisconsin next week, they could have the potential of taking over for the Big Ten West. So watch out for that. So, but anyways, back to oh, go back to it to the games of uh, this weekend. Uh, so talking about the noon games, you've got number two Ohio State. Um, wait a minute, I'm getting ahead of myself. What am I doing? Because we need to lock it or dump it. See, usually when Craig's talking, I'm able to keep track of things more and kind of keep the schedule going. But so I blame Craig as I do as always. This is Craig's fault. I'm not able to keep track on the schedule and everything and keep things in line, so I'm getting ahead of myself. So usually we do locking it up at Yay. Craig's favorite part of the episode. So for lock it or dump it, I'm actually kind of uh, flying by the seat of my pants to uh, check this out and everything because I don't have... Yeah, I don't have anything for... um, set up already but i was uh mentioning so with uh let's see here hmm since so corn will be playing things will be different so how about there will be more passing touchdowns than rushing touchdowns we'll do lock it or dump it i am going to actually go ahead and go crazy with this one. Watch it. And I would actually dump that. Because um, I've got to think that even though Corn comes in. and he'll, I, I do anticipate that he's going to do well. I've said that to people. I do think that he's going to do well. I mean, it was supposedly a tight race. Uh, he's got a decent background. I know that some of the teams that he played against while he was at Houston were not the most impressive. But he's been under Harbaugh's coaching we know what he's able to do with the quarterback. So I think that he'll do fine. Maybe nothing crazy impressive. Maybe better than Spate. Maybe not. But uh, I do think that they'll have to lean on the rushing game. Um, rushing aspect for this game. So that is our first lock it or dump it. And then uh, outside of that, we will go ahead and... Move on to the next lock it or dump it question, and that comes to Michigan will have a 100-yard rusher against Indiana. Uh, So we have our slew of uh, quarterbacks, slew of quarterbacks, slew of running backs. So will one of them have a big enough performance to break 100 yards? And I will go ahead and lock it. I do believe that with uh, the multiple running backs that we have, that we will be able to have someone who can capitalize that much on the Indiana defense. So we will see which one it is. Offhand, I don't know. Evans or Higdon kind of come to mind to me. I mean, but who knows? Smith gets used a lot too. So we'll go ahead and watch and we'll see how that goes. So uh, third and final, lock it or dump it. This is the game that Peppers will get an interception. Lock it or dump it. And survey says... Lock it. 
Boom. I am going to go with it. I mean, we've already said that this is a quarterback that is kind of turnover happy with the interceptions. So I think Peppers is going to come out on fire. And I think this is one of his greatest opportunities to maybe get an interception. So I would love to see it happen. I'm predicting that will happen. We will see how that goes. So now, as I'm getting up back on track with the schedule of things with the games for this weekend. Here we go. Okay, so Ohio State, number two, is going to be at Michigan State and is a 21.5-point favorite. We know that um, Michigan State has had the capability of still uh, fighting teams pretty well with being the underdog. With, However, they are a bigger underdog than uh, usually before in uh, this game, so we'll see how that goes. That game's at noon. And then 7, Wisconsin is at Purdue. They are 27.5-point favorite. Really? Huh. Another noon game, number 7, Wisconsin at Purdue, 27.5-point favorite. The Iowa Hawkeyes go on the road as a 9.5-point favorite against Illinois at noon. And then Maryland is on the road at 18, Nebraska, and Nebraska is favored by 13 points. That's another noon game there. And Northwestern is at Minnesota. This is another part of the reason why this might be the game of the week, a Big Ten game of the week. Uh, it's at 3.30. Northwestern is only a one-point favorite, so it could be pretty uh, entertaining. could be a close one right there. So the night game then is... Number eight, Penn State at Rutgers with a 28-point spread favoring Penn State. So those are your games for the weekend. I need to pick one to lock. I really don't like any of these really at all. Man, oh, man, oh, man. I just look, I know that Penn State's been playing better than normal. They kind of had a slow start with last week, but I just really do not trust them at all. Ohio State game, don't even really want to touch it. Maybe Wisconsin. Maryland's let me down sometimes. And honestly, with Iowa, <laughs> I I think they might come off of that Michigan win just, you know, happy about the win and maybe they won't stay focused and maybe they'll lose against Illinois or let them keep it close. So I guess I will go ahead and take Wisconsin at Purdue. Uh, Purdue has just not been doing well at all, and Wisconsin is uh, doing well, been on a little bit of a hot streak, only losing to really good teams such as Ohio State and Michigan. So let's go ahead and take Wisconsin, the 27.5-point favorite at Purdue. I will get a lock from Craig when I talk to him next, and I will include it in uh, our breakdown after the episode with all of that. So... That then will bring us to everybody's favorite part of the episode where we get to talk about predictions, the actual score predictions, the big prediction. So as mentioned, uh, Michigan is going to be playing at home, number three Michigan against Indiana at 3.30. I did hear that the weather might not be the greatest for this one, so it might be a sloppy game. Uh, Man, I didn't quite... Think about that before. So, I think that the 
I, uh, I mentioned how I think that the defense will get back on track uh, this week. And so I think they'll be able to shut them down pretty well. I mean, part of that goes into that is the fact that I'm talking about Jabril Peppers possibly having a, an interception. So um, I think that the offense, even with O'Korn, will be able to be productive. I know that I've been talking about um, Indiana's defense being better, but uh, I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and say I think that Michigan is going to be able to put up uh, let's go with 45 points. I think they'll be able to put up 45 points against Indiana and then Indiana not as successful against the defense. Like I said, I was, I'd be hoping for the shutout, but I don't think that's going to happen. I would go ahead and put 45 to 10 as the final score. So Michigan 45, Indiana 10 coming out and being upset after the loss. We shall see how that works out for the Wolverines at home. I don't know if that's a little bit of wishful thinking on my part, but we'll see how it goes. Um, I mean, like I said, I do believe that Michigan has the potential to win all the rest of their games. They do. Um, they are that good. They have that potential, but they do have the same, uh, not the same chance, but they do pose the chance of uh, not performing to their fullest capabilities and losing the games as well. Um, so final score for myself 45 to 10 Michigan over Indiana. So I will, uh, sorry that Craig isn't able to include his stuff, but I will, like I said, post uh, whatever his score prediction is as well when I get that from him, but we will go ahead and go into some final thoughts here in closing things out. Don't go anywhere. All right. Well, I do still have to kind of say that I am I am really feeling it now. <laughs> so thanks for uh, sticking with me on going through those stats and everything and listening to the episode. I know that's uh, quite drastically different when you're listening to just myself rather than Craig and, Craig and I. Uh, and it was a little bit of last-minute thing. Sometimes if Craig's not going to be here, I might try to get Rashawn in here from the Blueprint. It's always good talking with him and having him on. But I am whew, I am struggling. I I'm feeling the uh, drowsiness come over because I really need to get caught up on some sleep. So hopefully none of that uh, dragged for any of you guys and you were able to enjoy hearing information um, for the stats coming up with the Indiana-Michigan game. I want to mention the Blue Network Everything Michigan Football Facebook group. Um, we've got a lot of people in there. Great stuff, great conversations. Love just hearing different things from the fans. Um, you can either get uh, brought into the group by somebody else or you can uh, request to be added to the group because it is a closed group. But if you request, you usually get added in there pretty quickly uh, and you can be in there and start joining the conversations. That is where you will find the most up-to-date information for um, our shows that are part of the Blue Network and anything else that is going on. Uh, we do want to mention that we have our website, bluebrothersportscast.com. You can find episodes, pictures, and different things up there as well. Uh, More content 
and more information. I haven't mentioned it in a while, but I did have somebody ask, so I may as well go ahead and mention it now. Um, we do have a donate function on our website. Uh, if anybody's interested, uh, we've been putting money into this, and there are fees and everything with just uh, having an online presence and website and all that uh, that we have to pay for each year. So any help would be greatly appreciated. We do have other things that we're hoping to get to. Uh, we've seen some success with it, uh, with doing new things this year. We had the uh, fan talk uh, episode being at tailgating for the Hawaii game. And I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, that the weather is good this weekend. I really want to be able to get down there and take the equipment and be able to do, finish the season with doing some more fan talk at the last home game. So we'll see if that works out. But, I mean, spent good money on this equipment, so I am not risking it in bad weather. So hoping and praying that the weather turns out okay so we might be able to use that and uh, see how that goes. But also mentioning... Uh, Another function for people to know about that we uh, ask people to check out, it is our voicemail. We've had some good success with that, good interactions. Uh, this is uh, Real Talk and uh, Fan Talk, so or Real Talk, Real Fans, but uh, Real Talk from fans. We want to hear from other people as well. We want to hear from listeners. We want to hear your thoughts. So if you ever want to share anything, feel free to call. The number is 551-258-3276. That number is 551-BLUE-BRO. So, uh, yep, you can call. We can put that information, uh, air that on the uh, episode and uh, respond to it. Depending on when we get it, we usually try to um, accept voicemails Sunday, Monday, and Tuesdays. Uh, we could even sometimes go into Wednesdays, but the sooner we get it, uh, we'll be able to actually respond to it because if it comes in too late, it might be after we record it and we'll have to just drop it in there and uh, share your thoughts that way. So wanted to mention that. We're also on Twitter, at Blue Bros and then underscore and our names. So at B-L-U-E-B-R-O-S underscore Caleb or underscore Craig. And you can also follow the Blue Network at U-M blue network and check it out on twitter so we uh, appreciate you guys tuning in and listening and kind of bearing with me going solo i wish i had more energy and was able to be more uh interactive with it uh with going through this long week and everything um but it's giving you all the stats and information that we've got and hoping that Craig will be back with us soon, uh, hoping that he'll actually be able to go to the game, uh, that his condition isn't too bad. Uh, but we'll see kind of how that goes because he's definitely going, well, if he's doing well enough, he's definitely going. I am planning on going, hoping to be there. So if you're going to be there, uh, feel free to reach out to us and we might uh, catch up with you guys. We've caught up, uh, I've caught up with some listeners before, and it's always great to be able to uh, – talk more Michigan football and things of that sort. So again, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for being faithful listeners. And uh, if it's your first time, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, and hope you enjoyed the weekend. And we, as always, will finish with Go Blue. <laughs>